Well, hello and welcome again to the fellow cast today. If you've been listening along, we are on, I think we're on episode 91 right now for the fellow cast in general. And we've, we're quite a bit in with the Bring Your Own Bible series. I think it's, it's consumed the feed this year so far and it's really been great. And so we're kind of reaching the end or we are reaching the end today of the book of Exodus. And we ended off last time where Moses comes down from from his meeting with God from the mountain with the stone tablets, the Ten Commandments, and uh, he sees what the people are up to. And so today we kick off in chapter 33, where he confronts the people and everything that plays out from that. So Garth, I'm looking forward to what you have to share with us today. Yeah, let me just pick up from the previous chapter how it played out. Because it's quite important that he's with God on the mountain and that in that meeting on the mountain already, the Lord then says to him, go down mm. because these people have made themselves an idol and they are worshiping it. And then he, he already tells Moses, I'm ready to wipe these people out. Mm. So I will wipe them out and I'll start a new nation with you. Mm. And without having seen it even, he just heard from God. Moses then responds by interceding for the people and pleads and says, please, Lord, um, do not wipe them out. This will not be good for your name, for yeah. your fame that you've made for yourself. Um, and in response to that intercession, the Lord then agrees and says, all right, I will not wipe them out. Mm. And then he goes down the mountain. So without these people, they're busy throwing a fat party down there and things are going wild. They're worshiping around this thing and making melody and whatever. Um, they don't even know the danger, yeah. how close they were to having been destroyed off the face of the earth. Mm. Um, and by the time Moses comes down, they're still busy with a party. Yeah. I think it's just such a powerful picture. If you think you intercede for a neighbor or a family member, they don't have a clue in the spirit how dangerous their position is. Mm. And yet you have insight given from God to already stand in the gap without them having made a choice for mm. the Lord. Yeah, wow. It's powerful, eh? Yeah. And then we come into chapter 33, and the Lord then starts at the beginning of the chapter. Let me read the verse for you, God's words in um, chapter 3, verse 5. Uh, he says, uh, For the Lord had said to Moses, Tell the Israelites, You are a stiff-necked people. If I were to go with you even for a moment, I might destroy you. Now take off your ornaments, and I will decide what to do with you. So there the Lord decides, listen, I I will not travel with you because um, you're stiff-necked, and it's not going to be good for you to have a holy God in your midst. Yeah. (laughs) Where do you find that? What does it do in your heart to hear that? It's not good for you to yeah. have a holy God because you're not a holy people. <laughs> it doesn't go. It yeah. doesn't gel together. It's like oil and water. It sounds a bit like just before you're about to get your hiding. Go and wait in the room or in the bathroom because yes. if I'm if I'm going to be with you right now, it might not be good for you. <laughs> It'll be better a bit later for you. It sounds a little bit like it that. It sounds a bit like that, yeah. yeah. Um, and then... It's a, it's a, I say to you, we're going to walk through this one a bit slow because yeah. 33 and 34 is just so filled with wealth for our personal walk with mm-hmm. the Holy God. There's just such beautiful insights. Because um, right after that verse, it then turns into sort of like a sideline note in verse 7. Now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. 
And then whenever Moses went to the, to the tent, it says the people would stand outside their tents to look at how Moses walks out of the camp to go and meet with God over there. And then when Moses went into the tent, the cloud of glory mm. would come uh, into the tent with him. And it says, in your Bible, just read that beautiful verse for us, that statement um, in verse 11. 11. Yeah, it says, um, The Lord spoke with Moses face to face, just as a man speaks with his friend. How beautiful is that? Yeah. Eh? And Undermined. We gonna, yeah. <laughs> and may that be Goth. Yeah. May that be Valdi. You yeah. know, um, that's what we desire after, that same intimacy with God than he had. But then also don't forget, because we're going to turn um, to Joshua one of these days as well. Joshua, it says, never left that tent of meeting. Mm. He always stayed there. So from a young age already, Joshua is hungry for God. Yeah. Um, as hungry as Moses and maybe even more. He, he caught something from Moses mm. in intimacy with God. Now, it's sort of like an in-between bit over there. But Moses is now down the mountain. There was this bit of a war taking place between the Levites and the rest of the nations. And God's wrath was shown through the Levites to them. Yeah. The chaos stopped. The calf was broken into bits. Deuteronomy says it was um, grounded and thrown into the water for them to drink. Mm. And <laughs> then it comes back to this whole point of what God just made. He says, listen, uh, you better go without me because if I go with you, it's not going to be good with you. Mm. I'm a holy God. You're an unholy people. Um, and it comes back to that point because Moses then says to God, God, you said we need to leave this place. But you did not say, who will go with us to guide us? Hmm. And um, he then asks the Lord, Lord, I'm going to meet with you. Please show me your face. Please show me your glory, hmm. God. Show me your glory. Now, consider what Moses have seen up until this point. He walked up a flaming mountain <laughs> into the presence of God. He saw God on his throne already on that glassy sea. Yeah. He spent 40 days of intimacy there with God, hearing all these instructions, receiving a tablet of stones with 10 commandments written by the finger of God mm. in his presence. He brought up the tablets, God wrote on them, and he's still asking God, show me your glory. Yeah. This man just has a, a unsatiable hunger yeah. for God. He's in love with God, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, what more could you expect from God after everything you've just mentioned to Absolutely, see? Absolutely, hey? Yeah. Then he says to God, God, if your presence doesn't go with us, I don't send us up from here. Hmm. In fact, he at one stage makes a statement. He says, God, um, if your presence doesn't go with us, then please take my life hmm. because I don't want to go with these people. Yeah. I cannot bear this burden if you're not with us. Um, and then God makes him then this promise and says, all right, you, you can see me. Uh, uh, I'll put you in the cleft of a rock, but you cannot see my face. Now, it's a bit of a difficult thing because mm. we just heard God spoke to him face to face. But there must be something more than what that statement yeah. makes. Because um, literally God says to him, no one can see my face and live. Mm. Yeah, it's the same with what you just said where he went onto the mountain. He saw God on his throne, yeah. which means he probably didn't see his face. We see, see, saw the hand of God writing, or maybe he didn't see God's hand writing on the tablets. Yeah. But there's obvious elements of God that he was, if I can call it elements, that he would have seen. Yes. 
what it looked like. We actually had a discussion about this last night, okay. which is really interesting about, you know, God is spirit. Mm. And w- the only form we see of God in the physical is Jesus, right? Yes. Uh, like our, what we can relate to as flesh. Yes. So what, what does God look like? I mean, what would his face look yeah. like? And we often talk about the presence of God being the face of God. You know, yeah. It's like when we're in his presence, you you see his face, so to speak. Yes. Uh, but again, that's just us. Oh, I can't remember the verse, but it was last week sometime in my um, quiet time. I read this verse. It's in a psalm, and it says, um, the light from your face is our protection. Mm. Um and I, I made a note, it's, I wrote out the verse because I just thought, wow, what a powerful image it is. It's in one of those Psalms where David would cry out to God for protection and everything. And then this statement, the light of your face is our protection. Sure. And I thought, wow, God looks at me and it's good for me that he looks at me. Mm. The light streaming from him and the love streaming from him. But at the same time, the enemy runs away from the light yeah. that streams from his face. So yeah, as yeah. long as I seek his face, I'm safe yeah. because the enemy cannot bear it. Yes. Uh, he cannot come to God. But um, just I'm thinking about it now because it says uh, the glory radiating from God, the light of the glory of God uh, is the light that lights up the new Jerusalem. Mm. I mean, it can light up an entire city, uh, if you put it that way, yeah. or a new, uh, a new earth. So I think maybe he sees God on his throne, but the light is so brilliant that it literally is just a blinding light yeah. in the center of it. Um, like a, yeah, if yeah. I think in a physical form. Yeah, eh? yeah, yeah. It's so difficult to actually try and put a picture to that in your own mind, except yeah. for what Scripture gives us. Yeah. But it, we know that it must have been all, all inspiring. <laughs> Absolutely. We're going to read it just now because yeah. then comes chapter 34. He takes the new stone tablets up to God, and then God puts him in the cleft of the rock. Mm. And he says, I'm going to pass in front of you and you're going to see my glory and I will proclaim my name in front of you. Um, Now, I don't think we can actually get an appreciation of how glorious that moment is. Because up until this time, the Lord was known as the Lord. Uh, Then at one stage, he is known as I am. Um, And at one stage, he's going to make the statement, I'm the Lord that heals you. So it's like a continuous revelation of who God is. But this statement that we're going to read just now about the name of the Lord, we then find refrained in a whole bunch of Psalms all throughout mm. the Bible. The Lord loving um, and kind and compassionate, slow to okay. anger, abounding in mercy and all of that. Those refrains, I think if you've grown up in the church, is so well known to us that we cannot imagine that kind of revelation being just mind-blowing for mm. somebody like Moses at that time. They've yeah. never heard God new, yes. saying, this is who I am. That's yeah. what my character is. It's beautiful. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So he is then there, and then the name of the Lord is then proclaimed. So it's verse 6 um, of 34. And he passed in front of Moses, proclaiming, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion and sin. And let's just stop for a moment there because it's about to turn and say God is just as well. He's going to punish sin. But think how gracious this statement is compared to what they've just done. They've just built this thing and God was about to wipe out the entire nation. And now he says, but let me know, let me tell you who I am. Mm. I'm a gracious and forgiving God, mm. forgiving rebellion and all of these things, wiping out sin. So if you're ready to repent, 
I'm ready to forgive. Yeah. And then the counterpart of that, the balancing out, yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sin of the parents to the third and the fourth generation. Again, that one we have to balance out with a statement that just that God just made in the previous chapter when Moses, Moses said, um, then kill me if you wouldn't go with us. Hmm. Then God says, no, I will punish the wicked for the wicked's sin. Hmm. So how do we, what do you make of that? And God says, I'm going to punish to the so manyth generation of those who do not love me. I don't actually know. Hmm. It's a difficult thing yeah. because it doesn't sound just, is yeah. it? Yeah, it seem it seems like it's like uh, um, there's no if, if your far, forefathers sinned, you are doomed. Yeah, which we know it's not true. No, um, but just something maybe it, it touches on that. You know, we when we read about Moses here, there's something with favor, the favor of God on one man that actually. Uh, it spills uh, over. Yes, to the nation. Yeah. And obviously, again, my mind straight goes to Jesus and how his sacrifice and his favor with the Father allowed for us to be able to have relationship with the Father. Yeah. So, again, it's pr- probably it was just and it is just that sin would be punished. Yeah. And if there wasn't the restitution or someone didn't come and repent, then obviously that, because if, if my father sinned and I was never taught or shown another way, then I would probably go You're down continue that, that road. So I yes. guess that's how I see it, that it would probably have just spilled over into the next generation, yeah. except for if someone intervenes like a Moses or someone to teach yes, or to, sh- to come in between. I fully agree because we like the first part of it, right? Yeah. We love the fact that God is compassionate and to a thousand generations, he's going to bless those who love him. We want to hold on to that and we want to see it for ourselves. I'm seeking the Lord. My kids are going to be blessed by it. My grandkids are going to be blessed by it. But God is just stating the obvious. He's saying the the opposite is also also true. true, If you do not seek me, it's going to be a curse on your kids. It's going to be a curse on your grandkids, Mm. you know, until somebody chooses to seek me. Yeah. And then they open the path of blessing yeah. for the generations after them. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. It's it's yeah. Even though it's not a, a nice thing like you said to hear, it it makes it's a logical thing to It goes to the conclude. one way and it yeah. goes the other way yeah. as well. Yeah. Um now watch this, because that statement I think many of us will know about God. Again, yeah. because it's refrained so many times. But watch Moses' response then in verse eight. In response to what he just heard about who God is. He says, Moses bowed down to the ground at once and worshiped. And he said, Lord, if I have found favor in your eyes, then let the Lord go with us. Although this is a stiff-necked people, forgive your wickedness, uh, forgive our wickedness and our sin, and take us as your inheritance. So the conversation, uh, that's why I'm saying that that whole tent of meeting thing sort of interjects what's happening here. Mm. It's saying Moses met with God apart from just on the mountain. He continued to meet with God outside the camp as well. But it starts off with God saying in 33, I cannot go with you. It's not good for you. Mm. And then he reveals his character to which Moses takes the the courage to say, but God, please then, if this is who you are, forgive, please, and go with us. Yeah. Don't leave us alone. Take us as your inheritance. Yeah. And the Lord responds. He says, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. 
I'm every time I'm just amazed at how one man and that the whole thing. If if you, if I have found favor with you, then then would you do this? Yeah. Um. It's, I mean, it says Jesus grew also in in favor with God and man. And Moses is a man that grew in favor with God. And because of that, like we just said, it spilled over. Yeah. Um, and, and I guess that's part of the intercession and everything that we saw. Absolutely. Um, if one man w- would be able to do that, what makes us think um, that we are not able to intercede for someone? I'm not saying we're on the level of Moses, but it's something to strive for. Listen, in, in relationship can I dare with God. to say in the new covenant, we are on a greater level? Yeah. Because we are filled with the fullness of God, Amen. all right? We've got all access, just like Moses would have there, to go into the Holy of Holies and spend time with God. Yeah. Um, but the thing that I think we must take away is Moses' intercession spills out from intimacy with mm. God. He's on the mountain. He's willing to fast for 40 days. God is not tying him up on the mountain. Yeah. He's fasting in God's presence, seeking the Lord. Um and out of that moment with God, because he is with God, God can tell him, there's trouble. These guys have messed up. Yeah. And immediately he continues the conversation with God by yeah. interceding. Sure. And then down on the mountain, um, down from the mountain here. Oh, no, he's up again. Sorry. He's up again. <laughs> New stone tablets. Again, he's with God. He gets a revelation of who God is. And at that moment, he realized, wait, if this is my God, then I can ask for the mercy he just said he yeah. will show. He sure. is compassionate. He's willing to hear me on behalf of these stiff-necked people. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Powerful. Well, then he's got the the, the stone tablets again. And um, when he comes down the mountain, jumping to the end of chapter 34, his face is shining. Mm. All right. There's just this radiance, this glory shining out. Now, can I just state the obvious? He spent 40 days in God's presence before, but this hasn't happened yet. Mm. Why is his face shining now? Mm. He was asked, uh, asking to see the glory of God. And now when he saw the glory of God and he heard a greater revelation of who his God is, bah, yeah. he's beaming with light, literally beaming yeah. with light. And it says the people ran away from him when he came at the bottom. And then he had to call them closer, the elders and Joshua even. It's not just the the the... the the other people it's people mm. who's close to him leaders in the community they couldn't bear to be with him sure. they were scared yeah he had to call them closer told them everything that god said and then after that he pulled a veil over his face and every time that he went into the tent of meeting from there on out he would have to put a veil on his face again so that intimate relationship with god continued yeah uh after that moment of seeing the glory sure. of god Hey. Beautiful from from the Old Testament, like what you just said, having the Holy Spirit inside. But this man had this relationship, and he shined like yes, God rubbed glory. off on <laughs> yeah. him. Hey, yeah, well, that's us right there. Yeah. We have to that yeah. intimacy with God. You cannot but hide it. Yeah. Remember in our um, in our uh, session on Monday, yeah. uh, on our on the spot session, we made that statement, that uh, faith declaration. Yeah, it says, uh, wherever I go today, yes, I will. Uh, lead people into God, God encounters, encounters. Uh, because God is in me. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Then we're going to make a quick dash to the end of the book because um, now we get uh, just a rundown of how the ark was built, built bit by bit by bit. Again, go and find yourself a common little map, just an outlay of it. It really helps for the reading of it mm. with the lampstands and all of those things. Uh, the priest's garments, the ephod um, that the high priest must wear, with his 12 
uh, gems on it, every one of them representing a tribe of Israel in God's presence. He's literally carrying it on his chest. Yeah. And then uh, chapter 40, they're setting up the tabernacle after Moses inspect everything that was made. And again and again, you refine this refrain in these chapters of, and it was made according to the image that Moses was shown on the mountain. Yeah. And that's why he's inspecting. He's saying this must be an exact repre uh, representation of what God showed. Mm. It has to be the same thing. Um, and then finally, at the end of chapter 40, uh, we just get the statement, verse 24. Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses could not enter the tent of meeting because the cloud had settled in it and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Can I just stop there a moment and mm. say, but wait, did Moses not enter that other tent every time the cloud was in it? Yeah. Did he not enter the mountain at the top with a cloud covering it, that thick dark cloud? Mm. It means it's the same glory of God, but it's another extent of it, yeah. a deeper extent. Yeah. So even after experiencing all of those things of God, there's something that's weightier about God that Moses has not experienced, mm. that he cannot bear. Wow. Um, you would say, Moses, have you not seen it all yet? Yeah. No. That's really a good point that you make because in, even in my mind, it opened up that old thinking of, you know, Moses saw it all, but he really didn't. No. And that there's the, the, to the glory of God, there is no end, so yeah. to speak. Um, the depths of his glory, there is no end, if we, if we could say that way, um, which is something I think, Again, if you read scripture, you can go, well, Moses had this experience and it was, he saw God and it was amazing and then stop there, but yes. go, but this, there was still more to God. Yes. There is still more to who God is. He's infinitely great. And yeah. L listen, I would dare to say that that day that um, Moses and Elijah, the same Moses, right? And yeah. Elijah came down on that, um, on that Mount of Olives yes. where Jesus was. Um, and remember, Peter made what that statement about building the booth yes. and all of that. That day, Moses saw something new again, yeah. a, a, a greater. That now he stood beside God incarnate, yeah. God in flesh, for the first time ever. Wow! Sure. He hasn't had that yet, yeah. right? Um, and then sure. after that again, when Jesus would ascend up to heaven, I think Moses encountered something greater of God yeah. because now the Lamb was slain. Yeah. Uh, and he had an eternal body. It's just gonna go on. Yeah, wow. It's just gonna go on. That wrecks my brain a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it should excite us, man, yeah. because there's just so much more. <laughs> Let's just read the last verses mm. of the book then. Um, In all the travels of the Israelites, whenever the cloud lifted from above the tabernacle, they would set out. But if the cloud did not lift, they did not set out until the day it lifted. We're gonna read these exact verses again in the book of Numbers. So the cloud of the Lord was over the tabernacle by day, and fire was in the cloud by night, in the sight of all the Israelites during all their travels. Then we mustn't miss the grace statement in that. What was the intercession about uh, that Moses did before God? God, please don't send us away from here without your presence. And in the grace of God, he didn't. He made a way through this tabernacle, this image in their midst. The glory of God traveled with them every single place they went. And listen, also, at times, it was not good for them. Yeah. It might have been better <laughs> traveling with an idol because that idol will not kill you as such. Yeah. <laughs> but 
a holy God in your midst has consequences. It keeps you to a standard, yeah. uh, which again for us, that symbol of the Holy Spirit in me keeps me to a standard. It yeah. says I'm a representative of God. By God's grace, I need to walk a holy life. Mm. Mm. Awesome, Garth. I don't know if maybe you, I would, I would like you to pray for us, for those who have been listening. But also maybe if there's one or two things that you would say, these are the things that we need to take away. Yeah. Uh, like you said in the beginning, there's so many things that we can take away from, from these last chapters specifically. What would you say, this is mm. what you would want us to remember, this is what you would want us to take personally yeah. in our own walks? I think for me the biggest thing out of Moses' life always is this exactly, chapter 33 and 34. It's like the climax yeah. of intimacy with God, really desiring intimate meetings with God. Yes. Um and growing in that, you know. So I would say make that the passion yeah. of, of our lives. Uh, yeah. it, it's fine to have knowledge and whatever, but to actually meet with God, to hear yeah. his voice. Um, and there's people like Kerry. I mean, she runs um, programs at the moment, yeah. uh, training, mentoring programs to help us in that kind of relationship with God. We've mm. got a, a Judy and a Karina, so many people in our church that can walk a road with us to grow in intimacy, yeah. to literally hear the words of the Lord yeah. in our lives. So, that would be the main thing I take away. Awesome, yeah. fantastic. Mm. And also just maybe if I can add one before mm. you pray for us, it's just that whole thing that of favor with God, how that spoke to me as well to go, we can grow in favor with God, not by doing stuff, but by having intimacy with him, by yes. being a friend to God. Um, Jesus even said, you know, I no longer call you slaves, but I call you friends because Absolutely. you know what, I, what I'm doing. You know where I'm going. And, and Moses had that with God. And so that that would be our desire. To that, that deep intimacy so that we can grow in favor, not for our own sakes, but for the sake of the many people that we could, could influence, like Moses did, how he interceded for those yeah. uh, uh, because he had favor. That yes. really that really spoke to me. Yeah. So it's not for my own gain, but it's for the gain of yes. those around me. Other people are blessed because I um, yes. see his face. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Ach, and we pray that, Father God, that we really will have your heart more and more and more. Um, and I pray just for an upwelling of hunger again for you, God. No matter how long we've we walked with you, just like Moses, there's so much more than we can ever fathom. And I pray for that urge in us again to pull deeper, deeper, deeper into knowing and loving you. And I praise you, Lord, that for all of eternity, we will, like a diamond, see facet after facet after facet of you. And every time, just like those creatures around your throne, the response will be holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Mm. Uh, we honor you, Father, for the privilege of knowing you intimately and growing in intimacy with you. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Amen. Amen. And thank you for listening. That wraps up Exodus. Where are we going next, Garth? Into Leviticus. Leviticus okay. literally have two stories um, in it. So for the rest of it, is, uh, it's instructions given for how they need to live and particularly the Levite priests, how they need to minister. But we're going to cover two stories and literally in one session fly through Leviticus okay. and catch the, the bigger grasp of it. Awesome. Yeah. Looking forward to that. So until next time then, bye-bye.